0: Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Just Clear here, hoping that you all are enjoying this absolutely, positively beautiful fall weather that the good Lord has gifted us with. It is in the 60s. Tonight it'll be in the 40s. Um, A little bit of Arctic chill to remind us that summer is a dying and winter is on the way. And uh, it's beautiful. I love this time of the year. I love this type of weather. Can't wait to be at a middle school football game tonight, enjoying it, soaking it all in, taking it all in. And it's, uh, it's truly the best time of the year. Let's thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here today. The Blue Boot Foundation. Vince RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, <clears throat> Southland Dodge in Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off! The only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home, and Golden Motors where Price is priority proudly supporting South Lafouche athletics and community youth sports organizations. Reminder: Join us every Saturday 10 o'clock for the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Community. Oh, let me read. Let me read the liner right. Presented by Terrebonne General Health System. My bad. With Stan Grava and myself for the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from all your local sports experts. That's presented by Terrebonne General Health System, sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. And along those same lines, we've got Stan Gravois lined up today at 12.15 for our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview. Stan and I will be chatting about who knows what. We'll talk some LSU, some Saints. Of course, we'll talk the bread and butter, which is the high school stuff, and giving a rundown of where some of our local teams are shaking out currently. Reminder, Don't tune in to the Tarpon radio broadcast on Friday. You're going to be a day late, at Dallas short. Join us every Friday night for varsity football coverage. But this Friday night's coverage will be on Thursday night. Thursday night. South LaFouche will be taking on St. Louis Catholic. Pre-game begins at 6.30 p.m. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. Our broadcast is sponsored by 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Pairs Judge Division A. So, here's what today's show is going to look like. In this opening segment, I'm going to give you a rundown of where some of our local teams sit currently in the power rating projections. That, are, um, that have been forecast by GoPreps, which is just such a great resource for high school sports. We've had Hunter Bauer on a couple of times on some of our different shows. They just do such an amazing job. I'll give you a rundown of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. At 11.45, we were supposed to have Butch Terrio of Home of Christian. He just texted me just a couple minutes ago saying, hey, bro, um, something came up. I cannot come on. So we'll figure some things out. We'll maybe talk a little volleyball. We'll maybe give a little preview of some of the matchups coming up this week on the local high school football gridiron in that segment. At 12 o'clock, I'm going to talk about maybe a little Saints, maybe a little LSU, maybe a little start to the NBA. The NBA begins today. We'll break all that stuff down. 12.15, we've got Stan. Stan will go until about 12.40ish. At that time, at the bottom of the show, that's when we start to get some picks and everything of the sort. We kind of wrap up the way that we know best how to do so. So let's open up today's show by talking about the power rating numbers. Look, it's never too early in Louisiana to to look at these numbers because every game matters and every game holds the same amount of weight. And this idea of, oh man, we're going to wait until district. No, no, no. That's a mistake. Every game holds the same amount of weight in Louisiana. So the first game of the season is is as important, if not more important than the 10th game of the season, depending on who you face. Um, But now that we're going to week eight and we just got three regular season games left, like it's more important than ever. Like there's some local teams that are in a situation where like you you can't lose again. You know, you can't lose again. Like you've got the playoffs pretty much starting now for a handful of locals and I'll fill you in. Division one non-select. East St. John is going to make the playoffs. They're seven and oh, they're number six right now. They're trying to catapult themselves into the top four. Which would mean that they would potentially, you know, carry themselves um, home as far as they could go. Basically, Destran is number eight in Division One, non-select, also undefeated. Both teams are seven and zero, heading towards a collision course matchup with one another in a couple of weeks. Hanville is currently number twenty in Division One, non-select, with a three and four record. But what's powering Hanville right now is their strength of schedule factor, which is through the roof. They have played just a murderer's row. So because of that, they're currently number 20, even though they're not above 500. Then in Division One, non-select, we've got a lot of local teams who are currently outside of the top 32, or excuse me, outside of the top 28, because remember 28 teams make the playoffs, that are scratching and clawing and just trying to figure out how to get in. Terrebonne is currently number 30. They're three and four. Terrebonne is going to have to figure something out here in the backstretch of the season because Their schedule is not favorable. They've still got to play two River teams. They've got to play Thibodeau. On paper, they may not be favored to win another game. Now, with that having been said, because they're facing such quality opposition, it's all in your hands. If you win some of these games, you're going to unquestionably get in. You're going to get enough points. But on paper, it looks like it's going to be a chore for the Tigers. They're going to have to really make it happen on the field. Number 32, or the Thibodeau Tigers, they're two and five on the season. We talked about this a couple of shows ago. Their schedule is starting to actually get a little bit more favorable. They've got to jump up to number twenty eight, which is going to be a tall task. But Thibodeau's got a matchup with Central LaFouche on Friday. That's a game they're going to be a pencil to win on paper. And you got Terrible, and then you got Destrehan, A game that even if you lose it. You're going to get some points out of that because Destrehan's not likely to lose a regular season game, or you know, at the most one, you know, whatever it may be. So, Thibodeau, Coach Dugas came on the show and said, "Hey, man, if we win four games, um, we think we're going to get in." So that would put the onus firmly on them to try to beat Central LaFouche and try to beat Terrebonne, so that you don't want to face the pressure of needing to beat Destrehan. South Terrebonne is number 34. Um, They've got a little ways to go, but They've got a schedule that's set up to where they can maybe make up some of that ground. They're going to be facing Morgan City, then Bourgeois. You got to have both of those. And if you beat Morgan City and Bourgeois, you'll still likely be just on the outskirts of the top 28. But then if you had maybe some kind of way find a way to beat Assumption in the final week of the season, you can maybe squirt your way into postseason. So everything is still very much in the Gators' hands there. For the rest of the teams, I'm not going to lie to you, it's going to be a chore. It's going to be a chore for H.L. Bourgeois, who's sitting at number 40 to make the postseason. And by a chore, I mean pretty much impossible. It's going to be a chore for Central LaFouche sitting at number 41 to make the postseason. And again, by a chore, I mean damn near impossible. And likewise, South LaFouche is 43. You've got to climb too many spots, man. Too many spots. Like you're 2.7 points away in the average rankings from being number 28. None of those teams could afford to have any other setbacks. They've all got to win out and frankly hope for a little bit of help coming home. Select schools locally in Division 2. Select schools. We've got ED White who's the number 5 team in the state in Division 2 select with a 6 and 1 record on the year. <clears throat> the Cardinals have a little wiggle room where they can maybe jump into the top 4. They're just slightly behind John F Kennedy and they've got some big powerpoint games coming up taking on Berwick, which is a six-win opponent on Friday. They've got some opportunities. St. James, that will be a huge game for them. So some opportunities to maybe go up and maybe improve their seeding, but E.D. White will be firmly in the top 10. We don't have any doubts about that, and probably in the top five, maybe even in the top three, if they could close out their year strong. Now, where we've got a little bit of drama, it comes with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's going to have a hard road to get in. They're two and five on the season, sitting number twenty-eight. They've got to rise another couple of spots to be in playoff contention. Um, they've got some games that they can win, but they've lost a couple of games that they could have won, which has kind of set them back. Um, the Belchese game was a tough one for them. South Terrebonne last Thursday that was a tough one for them. They've got to find ways. They've got to beat Ellender and Assumption, and then they have to, of course, take care of business against South, which is almost where they got to win out. You go 1-2 and two coming home, that's not going to be good enough. 2-1, and one, yeah, maybe. That's leaving it in the hands of the other teams a lot. They've pretty much got to win out to try to push their ticket into postseason. It's going to be tough for Vanderbilt with the hole that they've dug themselves in so far. Division three, home of Christian school, um, they are currently sitting at 30. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. They're sitting at 30. They've got to climb up several spots. They're 2-4 and in the season. Well, really 3-4. and The the LHSA doesn't count the last game in the power rating totals. You got Jefferson Rise Charter coming up this week. That'll maybe be a good opportunity. You got Fisher to close out. So there are some winnable games coming home. Maybe they could find a way to climb up. Uh, The Thomas Jefferson game, if they could get it in Week 9, that's a five-win team. That'd be a great opportunity. But it is going to be a chore for Homer Christian to rise up that many spots Um, with just three weeks left to play. And over Division IV select schools, you've got Covenant Christian Academy sitting at number 17. They're actually in a good spot right now. CCA had a huge, huge uh, stroke of good fortune whenever their game with Morgan City got forfeited and overturned to win. That game went from just you know a small PowerPoint victory to being a 16-point win because you get the 10 for beating Morgan City, and then you get all the points for playing up in classifications to 4A that ended up being just huge for the for the CCA team, and then they rally back on Friday and get a come-from-behind victory over Highland Baptist, which was also huge huge for them. So it sets up a, a situation now where the schedule's starting to maybe light up a little bit. You got Generette and Centerville still left on the schedule, some teams that you could potentially beat, and it, it's starting to stack up where CCA could potentially punch their ticket into the postseason. Now, let me tell you the number one teams in the state in all these different classifications, because I know a lot of folks are wondering, and a lot of folks, you know, don't really know where to find these numbers sometimes. In Division One non-select, Zachary's currently number one. I already did a top five in every classification. Zachary's number one, Rustin's number two, Neville's number three, Slidell's number four, and Southside is number five. In Division II, non-select, West Feliciana's at the top, Opelousa's number two, North DeSoto number three. Franklin Parish, number four. Church Point, number five. For those wondering, Lutcher is currently number nine in that classification. Division three, non-select. Mane, number one. Bogalusa, number two. St. James, number three. Union Parish, number four. Avoils, number five. A lot of good football in that division. Division four, non-select. Kentwood, number one. Mangum, number two. Haynesville, number three. White Castle, four. And Logansport, five. Now, for the best classification in the state in terms of talent, and I don't think there's any question about this, select school division one. You've just got behemoth after behemoth after behemoth in this side. you got Catholic of Baton Rouge, who's number one, Warren Easton, number two, Bird, number three, St. Aug, number four, John Curtis, number five. And, oh, yeah, Edna Carr sitting at number 15. They're probably the best team of all of them, but they had to forfeit their first three games of the season. Y'all. This classification is nuts. You got Karen Crow number seven. Acadiana, number 12. St. Paul's, number 13. Woodlawn of Baton Rouge, who's a great team. Number 17. Tioga, 20. Jesuit, 24. Like, there's talent up and down. That Division One select side. Division two select. We've got Turlings, number one. De LaSalle, number two. St. Thomas Moore, number three. John F. Kennedy, number four. And E.D. White, number five. And then a couple more to go. Division three select. We've got Newman at the top, Dunham number two, St. Charles Catholic number three, Notre Dame number four, Calvary Baptist number five, and our last classification, Division four select. We've got <clears throat> Vermilion Catholic number one, St. Mary's number two, Central Catholic, got a boy, Central Catholic, they're number three, Glenbrook number four, and St. Martin's Episcopal sitting at number five. Let's catch a break. It's play by play when we get back out of this break. We're going to maybe talk a little volleyball here. It is play-by-play on 102.7. We'll be right back
1: after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. There are a lot
2: of reasons Tanner McGee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature, but there are three that stand above the rest, Julia, Grace, and Kate. As a father of triplet girls, Tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community. That's why he served in the legislature and why with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Pay for by the friends of Tanner McGee.
5: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dofriend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Do Friend difference.
0: you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies.
6: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most.
3: Wrestling has more than one royal family.
1: Adrenaline in my soul, every out of control.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. In the next segment of the show, we'll kind of give a rundown of. LSU football, maybe a little Saints. We'll maybe talk some NBA. We've got Stan 12 twelve fifteen. We'll uh, just kind of start wandering off the beaten path and see where we go. It's my favorite type of segment. Uh, but right now, we want to talk some high school volleyball because we've got the postseason like beginning like now, and the, like the brackets are not out yet, but their regular seasons are pretty much winding down. Um, over on the volleyball side of things. Let's see, the pairings will be announced uh, in the coming weeks. So there you go. The The, the seasons are going to end in like a week. So we're right down to the nitty-gritty here for volleyball and an opportunity to see where our local teams are going to head. Remember, volleyball ridiculously doesn't have a split. I'm never going to not be angry about that. I'm never going to not bring that up whenever we're talking about volleyball. But Division One Hanville is currently the number 10 team in the state. They're comfortably in the postseason. They're gonna make it. Also comfortably in the postseason is Terrebonne, who's number 12 with a 21 and 17 record. Let's see, H.L. Bourgeois 24th with a 25 and 15 record. I know you guys are saying, well, how could be how could Terrebonne be twelfth with a 21 and 17 record? But HL Bourgeois be 24th with a 25 and 15 record. And the answer to that is schedule strength. Terrebonne has played a far more competitive schedule which has allowed them to earn schedule points and everything, even from some matches maybe that they didn't necessarily win earlier in the season. Central LaFouche is 34. They've got some work to go, earn some ways to go if they want to make the postseason. Destrahan, 7-14. and 14. They're 35th. Thibodeau's 36 They're 6-12. and 12. It's kind of alarming to me how like, some schools... And alarming is the wrong word. I shouldn't have said it that strongly. But kind of interesting to me. How like HL Bourgeois played like, you know, 40 matches. Tibbles played 18 matches. Like it's kind of interesting the schedule discrepancy that we see with some of these teams. Uh, Basketball, you don't really see it like that. Uh, Pretty much everybody plays in the mid-20s, you know, around thirty. But volleyball there's a large discrepancy a large gap between the amount of games that some of these teams play. Division 2 we see that we have Assumption who's one of the top teams in the state surprise surprise they're third overall with a 21 and 8 record. Assumption's athletes, man, volleyball wise are just incredible. They always have the same type of kid there. Just the tall Long legged, athletic, could jump out the gym and just kill the ball type of outside hitters. Assumption always has those types of players. They've got such a wonderful program out there that um, you know has been decades running of success. Now, a program that is just kind of building it up in the, in the last decade is South Lafouche. They're twelfth right now in Division Two with a twenty-two and eighteen record. It was a little bit of a rough ending to the season for South Lafouche. They had it rolling at one time. Like they had a great record and a top ten seeding. Um, they lost a lot of matches. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They lost eleven out of sixteen at one point, and it kind of watered down their positioning, but they ended their regular season playing pretty well. Getting two straight victories, one over Central Lafouche, one over South Terrebonne. So maybe they could kind of piece some of that momentum back together. So good job by Coach Jeremy and the Lady Tarpons getting that uh back aligned and they're sitting at number twelve there comfortably in. They're gonna make the playoffs. South Terrebonne is number seventeen with a nine and eleven victor of nine and eleven record, rather. Ellender is number twenty one with a twelve and seventeen record. And then we scroll and see East St. John, number 37, therefore 16 overall. Division three, where we've got some local powers that roam. E.D. White is number five in the state with an 18 and 12 record on the year. Maybe a little bit of a surprise locally is the struggles of Vanderbilt. They're sitting at number 18 with a 14 and 14 record. Talked to Coach Castillo at Media Day over at Terrebonne General. And he was telling me, man, like, I really like my team. And this is a program that's won championships, right? This is a program that's like always in the Train Center. So it is a little surprising to see them not in the top 10. But when you look at the schedule, you could kind of understand why they have faced some stiff competition. They have been pretty competitive against their stiff competition. Maybe they're saving their best volleyball here for down the stretch. They've won four matches in a row. They're kind of getting hot at the right time. We'll keep track of them as the year winds down. Berwick's number 20 with an 18 and 14 record. Morgan City's 21 with a 14 and 20 record. And that'll round out our local teams in Division 3. Now let's go find our private schools now here at the bottom of the classifications. Division 4. Actually, don't think we have anyone in Division 4. So that leads us to Division 5 where we see that we have Central Catholic of Morgan City with a 16 and 7 record. They're number 3 in the state. Playing exceptionally well. They've got such a great athletic program out there, man. Such a great athletic program. We And we talked, Seth Thomas and I talked about this, yes, oh, not yesterday, Saturday at the Nichols game. Uh, Seth is a big Central Catholic guy. And we were talking about St. Mary uh, High School Athletics and how there's this assumption from some folks that Central Catholic just stockpiles all the good kids. And there's no doubt that they do have a lot of talent there. And I don't think that they're doing anything wrong to get the talent. I think what it is, is there's just a reputation of, hey, you go there, you're going to be well-coached. You go there, you're going to be put in good positions to succeed. You're going to be given a great Catholic education. Central Catholic has a wonderful athletic department, and they've got a great athletic administration and coaching staff, and they've got that structure. That allows them to always be successful in football, boys' basketball, girls' basketball. Heck, a couple years ago, girls' basketball won the state championship with, with Randy Brown and all those great players. And now volleyball is successful as well. They've got good baseball out there. It's a great, great athletic department. CCA is number 14 in Division 5. Volleyball with a 12-9 and 9 record. They've been playing well out there. And Homa Christian is number 18 with a 10-13 and 13 record. So we've got a lot of volleyball teams in the area who are going to be heading to the postseason We'll be following that, maybe getting a coach or two on the show to kind of talk about all of that. Let's make it a thing. On Tuesdays, we're going to give you updates on these power rating numbers because a lot of folks ask, a lot of folks don't understand what the numbers mean, don't know where to find them, whatever it may be. Let me do that for you. I'll do that legwork. I'll dedicate, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes like we did today every Tuesday to giving you guys the latest and where those local teams shake out. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'll talk maybe a little Monday Night Football maybe some NBA starting, maybe a little LSU, maybe a little Saints sprinkled in, kind of a variety pack combo segment before we get to Stan Gravo at 12 It's play-by-play on KLEB.
1: The music on the bayou, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM.
2: As a father of triplet girls, State Representative Tanner McGee defended our conservative family values in the legislature. Now, he wants to bring those same values to the Court of Appeal, A respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution, defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee.
7: Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection. Or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000.
8: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Bents RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 Dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Bents RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a Top 50 Dealer or visit us at bentsrv.com.
9: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store.
0: Boy, it's just something about primetime football this fall. We have gotten some stinkers, man. We have gotten some games that were just absolutely awful. And last night was another one of those games where on Monday Night Football, we got the Chargers beating the Broncos 19-16 to in overtime. Um, I talked about this a little bit a couple of shows ago, maybe last week or maybe the week before that. And I truly believe this. I think Denver is the worst situation in the entire NFL. They're not the worst team in the NFL, but I think they're the worst situation in the entire NFL because they've got now Russell Wilson, who continues week after week to look awful. It's year one of a contract for him. You're locked into it. There's hundreds of millions of dollars of guaranteed money. You've lost a bunch of draft picks getting them. Your head coach is a goon. Let's talk about that. Nathaniel Hackett was having a discussion with a friend of mine last night how we were kind of poking fun that Nathaniel Hackett didn't have like a really boneheaded moment last night. (laughs) In a game where his offense gains only 258 yards, they're 4-14 on third down, they have a huge special teams gaffe that costs them the game, and they have 151 yards worth of penalties. That's Nathaniel Hackett's good game. That's where we are with Nathaniel Hackett, that we're happy – Whenever there's only those things that I just listed above happening and not anything else. So Denver drops to two and four. The Chargers improved to four and two. The Chargers didn't look a whole lot better, right? You know, the Herbert was kinda just kind of checking down all game long, throwing to Eckler a million times. Eckler had sixteen targets, ten catches, forty seven yards. That was kind of a mess. They weren't stretching the field. Just an ugly game. An ugly game. But the Chargers do get the win, and Denver just continues continues to look a mess. Let's talk a little new Orleans saints here because the reports out of new Orleans are that there are, um, strong concerns about Andy Dalton's availability on Thursday, strong concerns that he's not going to be able to play on Thursday against the Arizona Cardinals because of an injury, which likely of course would mean that Jameis Winston would be back in the lineup. He returned to practice last week on a limited basis. Um, Look man, the Saints are 2 and 4 and they're about ready to face one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. The Cardinals are not playing well. The Cardinals are a mess. The Cardinals don't have much of an identity. Kyler Murray's really struggling. Cliff Kingsbury's offense is really struggling. If not for a miracle overtime, you know, comeback win over Las Vegas, they would be 1 and 5. They've not played clean football. They've not played pretty football. They got blasted on Sunday by Seattle on the road 19-9 on a short week. I get that that doesn't help the Saints but they've got a lot of guys that they would have liked to give a little more time to to heal up. Thomas and Lattimore and Landry and all those guys. Um, this is the one you got to have, dude. You're going on the road playing in Arizona. That's going to be tough. Vegas says you're a one-and-a-half-point underdog. This is the one you got to have. Jameis Winston should be a little more healthy, at least one would hope, if he is the starting quarterback there, and you, you just you just can't keep leaking oil. You just can't keep leaking oil for a couple of reasons. A, because as we've talked about, the division is still within reach. Like You're not out of this thing. I think that they're out of it, but on paper, they're not out of it. I just don't think that they're as good as Atlanta or Tampa, quite frankly, even though they beat Atlanta. Um, but... Like there's incentive to go and get momentum and win because you don't have your pick, man. That's the thing. I can't get over that part of it is that as a fan, my inclination is always, "All right, well when when we stink, let's be really good at stinking and let's get some draft picks and let's turn this thing around naturally." Well, when you're New Orleans right now, you don't have that luxury. So there's a great incentive to go and try to be 7 and 10 or 8 and 9 or win as many games as humanly possible. Just to try to make sure that you don't have to endure the embarrassment of handing the Eagles a top five pick uh, in a trade that you made to get an offensive lineman who hasn't even played a down yet this season and who may not play a down all season. So we'll see how that goes. That's a big matchup. That'll be on prime video. The Saints traveling to take on the Arizona Cardinals in a team or in a matchup of teams that really kind of mirror one another. It's teams that are struggling for an identity on offense, it's teams that. Um, have coaches that are just searching for answers, two teams that are near the bottom so far to start the year and we'll see how that one shakes itself out. Let's talk some NBA. Tonight we've got two matchups across the league kick off our or tip off rather our season. You got the 76ers taking on the Boston Celtics. You got the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the defending defending champion Golden State Warriors. Um let's start with the 76ers and the Celtics first. The 76ers are an interesting case study for me, and it's more than just I root for James Harden. He's my favorite player, so that's why I think they're interesting. They added some pieces in this offseason that really fit. Like DeAnthony Melton fits. He's uh, a three-point shooting guy who guards the perimeter. He really fits what they need. P.J. Tucker is the most underrated player of this generation, a guy who's going to do the nasty work, get rebounds, offensive rebounds, put backs, make corner threes. He could guard any position from one to five. Adding him, I think, is huge. And now the X factor is going to be last season, in the postseason, James Harden looked old, slow, and fat. He says that was because of an injury. But he's now in his 30s, and like if some of that explosiveness is going away, he's not going to be the same player anymore. So I think we're going to find out right away and why I circled this one down as probably being the more intriguing of the two matchups today is if Harden tonight still looks slow, still looks sluggish, still can't get where he wants to get on the floor and still is kind of laboring around and and can't get by his guy and is shooting contested jump shots because he can't create space. The 76ers are going to have a hard time contending for a championship. But if we see some of that old Harden, not necessarily Houston because we're never seeing that again, but some of the early Brooklyn Harden, the guy who's getting 25, 30 points, efficient scoring, creating with this passing, playing solid defense, could get a bucket just about whenever he wants to, can create a bucket at any time for just about anyone whenever he wants to. If we see some of that, the 76ers are a real threat. Because look dude, not very many teams are going to have a lineup that's going to rival theirs in the East. You got Harden, Tyrese Maxey who's incredible, great young player, Tobias Harris who's a 3 and D guy, he's long, he could do a lot of things, versatile, Tucker and Joel Embiid. That's a great lineup. That's a great lineup. I could argue that Maxey and Embiid are going to be stars, so if Harden becomes a star with that, and then you got the ultimate role player in Tucker and a great 3 and D guy in Harris, and then you got Daniel House and Melton and Some of the other guys that they bring off the bench, they added Montres Harrell, which is a great addition. The 76ers could be a player in this. But it's all going to be on 13 shoulders. If he's just average, above average, kind of, sort of good, they're going to be limited. They're going to be the second or third best team in the East. If he's back somewhat to his old ways, they've got a chance not only to win the East, but to win it all. And then Boston, of course, we want to see how they handle the drama. You lose your coach to some kind of, Adultery scheme or scam or whatever you want to call it. Can they play through that? Can they handle that adversity? Because it's a Boston team that before Udoka took over was known for kind of being soft, kind of not being mentally tough. Whenever the going would get tough, they would kind of fade and fold and, you know, wouldn't be able to overcome that adversity. Now he's not there. He's still employed by the organization, but he's suspended for the year. Can they have that same energy and oomph that they had last year when they won the East and made it to the finals? Now, the second game, you've got the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to have my eyes in this game on two people. I want to see Draymond Green, and I want to see Anthony Davis for two completely different reasons. Draymond Green, I want to see how he responds to his team and how his team responds to him in lieu of Draymond Green doing probably one of the most vicious and underhanded things that we've ever seen a person do on camera. I know other like these things happen pretty often, but we never seen it on camera before. Just cold cocking and knocking out a teammate. Uh I want to see how the Warriors respond to him. I want to see how the Warriors play with him. I want to see what type of energy he has. Does he does if that's the thing about Draymond? If he eases up any, he's not going to be effective at all. Everything that he does on the basketball floor is based on that toughness and that energy that he brings. So if he eases up even just an iota, he's not going to be the same player. I want to see how he's playing. Does he have that same grit? Does he have that same determination in lieu of everything that's happened? And then with the Lakers, I want to see the health of Anthony Davis. I don't think the Lakers are a true contender whether Anthony Davis is healthy or not. I think that they're just lacking. I think that LeBron James isn't as proficient as he used to be. He doesn't guard anymore. It hamstrings their defense. Patrick Beverly is going to help a little, but not a lot. Russell Westbrook is a mess. What I tell you guys? I told you guys last weekend, or before last weekend, that they were moving Russ to the bench and it was going to be the beginning of the end. Well, oh yeah, in that game, he has some kind of phony hamstring injury. Now he's out and he's on sabbatical. So I don't know if or when he's going to return. I just don't think the Lakers have enough. I think they're going to play with great energy tonight, try to make a statement tonight, and I think that they may cover the seven points tonight. But I'm going to be keeping my eyes on Anthony Davis because I want to see if he could return to that superstar form that we were used to seeing him play with before he's gotten so beat up in the last couple of years. Look, Pelican fans bang on this guy, and rightfully so. He's been very hit or miss injury-wise over the last couple of years. But look, man, let's not sugarcoat the fact that when this dude is right, this dude is a monster. This is a guy who in his first season with the Lakers averaged 26 points a game, nine rebounds per game, was shooting the 30, 50% from the field, 84% from the free throw line, was a bona fide monster. And it's a guy who during their championship run in the bubble was the best player on their team. Not LeBron James. Anthony Davis was the best player on their team. He was making buzzer, beating three-pointers and protecting the rim and doing all the little stuff that sometimes gets overlooked. I want to see what he looks like. Can he move side to side? Does he have that same desire and that same uh, want to be a great defender? Or are the Lakers just kind of slumbering along knowing that they don't have the roster to compete? So two fun matchups. The Pelicans are actually going to take the floor tomorrow tomorrow. Uh, they will be competing against the Brooklyn Nets in a matchup that's intriguing in its own right as you're going to get to see Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then, of course, Zion and everything that New Orleans is going to bring. Zion Williamson is listed as questionable for the game with an ankle injury, but he's already said he's playing, so expect to see him. I don't expect to see much defense in that matchup. I could tell you now I like over 230. Um, I think that both teams will be able to get up and down the floor and get some pretty easy buckets. And then I look forward to seeing Ben Simmons because... (laughs) I'm giggling and laughing. I was reading a report earlier today that said that Steve Nash was asked if Ben Simmons would be limited in the opener. And Nash said, we'll see tomorrow how he feels. Like, what injury does this guy have? Why would he be limited? He hasn't played in two-plus years. Why would he be limited? But that's where we are with Ben Simmons. He's day-to-day for the rest of his life, apparently, with whatever he decides that he has on that given day. So we'll see if he gives it a go, if he doesn't give it a go, we'll see if he plays well, if he doesn't play well. And we'll check on that the rest of the way. Let's catch
1: a break. When we get back,
0: uh, we're going to get Stan Gravo. It's our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview here on Play by Play.
1: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.
7: The music on the bayou, the Rage and Cajun, 1600 AM, Kleb and 102.7 FM.
1: The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. There are a lot of reasons Tanner
2: McGee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature, but there are three that stand above the rest, Julia, Grace, and Kate. As a father of triplet girls, Tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community. That's why he served in the legislature, and why with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee.
7: Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection. Or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000.
4: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and many more. Industrial power systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano.
10: it's Tuesday
0: here on play-by-play so that means it's time to go to our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Stan Grava who's on the line right now Stan good afternoon buddy how are you
11: hey good Casey on this beautiful Tuesday morning
0: absolutely man happy to hear that you guys are doing well out there um, I was going over the power rating numbers for football and volleyball, really, in the first two segments of the show, and breaking down where everybody's stacked up. Man, I got to tell you, we got some teams, and a lot of teams, heck, uh, uh, more teams than not, are in this situation locally, where week eight, nine, and ten are almost like a survive and advance because we've got some teams that are sitting in the low thirties, or sitting in the mid twenties, or teams that basically have to start winning and don't have very much margin for error. So if we're going to get a large contingent in the playoffs, we're going to have to see some teams get hot here in the next couple of weeks.
11: Yep, playoffs start today for a lot of teams in our area. And it's interesting that in the last few years, we got to a point at this time where there were some teams we knew were going to be in, even though they maybe weren't even playing well. But now when you knock down the playoff brackets to 28 for the non-select and 24 for select. And then with volleyball being sort of in a situation where you still have some teams sort of finding their way with gyms and such, yeah, it, it's not going to be like it has been in the past. We won't have a whole lot of Friday nights for football after that last game on November 4th. And uh, as volleyball stands, which we've been pretty good in volleyball in our area, I think we have a lot of good teams. I just don't think we have a lot of those next-level teams. And to be in that number, especially in volleyball, you got to be a next number, Excuse me, a next-level team, and, and unfortunately, that hadn't happened this year.
10: One of the
0: big matchups that we're going to be looking at on Friday is going to be a matchup of two of those teams that need wins facing off against one another. That's Ellender and Vanderbilt over in 4A. Vanderbilt's outside of the top 24 in Division II Select. Ellender's outside of the top 28 in Division II uh, Non-Select. Uh, this is one where you don't want to say that the loser's kind of eliminated, but there would be some other, you know, room to make up some of those margins, but the loser of this one's gonna be hurting and the winner's gonna be sitting in a much better position.
11: You know what's interesting going forward, if you're in a situation where you're playing a one and nine team from your district or a two and eight team or a and I'm talking about when they would finish their season or a three and seven team, it's better off going to play a Lutcher who's gonna finish in all probability nine and one and getting those points, right? I mean, truthfully, it's almost the caliber of competition now totally as opposed to everybody else in your district. So I would agree with you. We were talking about that just yesterday that it looks like the winner of that game between Vanderbilt and Ellender has a chance to get in and the loser might put themselves far enough behind the eight ball with what they got left not to get in. Now, obviously if Ellender goes out and takes care of business with Lutcher, if they can do that, but that's a tall task, right? They would be in. But, that being said, uh, you know, we're sitting here in the Terrebonne Parish area thinking to ourselves, we'll be lucky if we get one team in the playoffs when it's all said and done out of the seven high schools who play football. Uh, CCA is the only team right now that's semi-solidly in. They're at 17, but the fact is, is that if it wasn't for a big win that they received with Morgan City, virtue of forfeit, because remember, they get two points every time they play up. So they played all the way up to four, So a lot of people might say, well, what's the big deal? You beat Morgan City, you're not getting a lot of points because Morgan City hadn't won any games. Remember, before they even played that game, they already had six points. Then you add the 10 for the win, so you're already up to 16. So that being said, they have a tough three games coming up. So, yeah, we, we're looking at maybe one. And I, obviously in LaFouche, I know you, you're looking at basically – D.D. White as it stands right
0: now. Athletic trainer-wise, look, man, we talked about it at the beginning of the interview. Um, the temperature's nice. It's in the 60s, you know, which would mean that you're not going to sweat as much when you're going outside, and you're not going to exert yourself as much. But athletic trainers have always told me that first game of the season where it's not as warm, where it's kind of cool and people kind of forget about their hydration routine, sometimes they're the scariest. I'm sure that your athletic trainer team this week are preaching, hey, bro, even though it's in the 50s and the 60s and we're practicing and it's cool, you've still got to hydrate and take care of your body or else on Friday night you're going to be grabbing that leg and getting stretched out.
11: Absolutely. It's transition time, and you're transitioning from one sort of feeling in the air to another. And trust me, too, by the time Friday night comes around, it's going to be humid. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, listen, we live in Louisiana where we're going to get a couple of days of it being fairly cool But then by the time the weekend gets here, we'll be up in the 80s again. And uh, it's not like you could just turn on and off a switch related to hydration. So, yes, I hope the coaches in the area don't forget. They keep on doing those things that most of them have been doing. Although I would venture to say last week I went to a Thursday and a Friday night game, and I saw more cramps, more stoppage of play because of dehydration issues than I've seen in a long time. So, uh, yeah, let's hope the kids all do the right thing going into this weekend.
0: You know, Stan, it's crazy because we sat here on Saturday for the Sports Corner, and I remember you and I having the conversation of the LSU and Florida game is so difficult to pick because we could see just about any outcome. I remember making the point, hey, I could see LSU overpowering them and winning by a couple scores. I could see Florida, you know, winning by a couple scores. But – Even with all that having been said, the result that we got is one that I didn't see coming. The LSU offense looking like a machine. Daniel's throwing for 350, running, scoring, LSU getting a 100-yard rusher. I didn't see that result coming, but the Tigers go on the road, look like a completely different team offensively, and take care of business against Florida in a game that, frankly, if you eliminate some special teams nonsense, you would have won handily, because I thought the Tigers firmly outplayed the Gators.
11: Yeah, if Jaden Daniels, if this is the Jaden Daniels we see going forward, it could be a really good ending to the year. I really believe that. I understand, you know, there are some teams that are tough. Obviously, Ole Miss is going to be tough this weekend. And Alabama, certainly, although I don't think it's the Alabama we've seen the last few years, is going to be tough. But if they play like that, if they give us that sense of sort of hope, I would be thoroughly thrilled. I will say, you know, the two quarterbacks going into that game this past weekend was supposed to be sort of similar to each other. There's no comparison. You know, after that particular game, Daniels is head and heels above the guy from Florida, in my opinion. And I think, I don't know, what he got together in that game was probably really important as far as, you know, the future of LSU. I did tell you, I think that could be sort of a statement game, a game you look back in Brian Kelly's tenure and you say, you know, that's when we – realized what we could have, that might be it. Now, all of that being said, I I don't know why or how or what's the deal with Butte where he can just sort of turn it on like that. I don't know why it came all together for him, but certainly that was big in that game too offensively. I thought it was just a really well-played offensive game by LSU. Defensively, maybe not quite as good, but I got to tell you, I am on the bandwagon with this kid Perkins, this Harold Perkins kid. That guy is going to be phenomenal. He's we're going to be hearing his name for many a year to come.
0: You know what's crazy, and I'm I'm conflicted on this. I I really am torn on this, and I'm curious to ask you this question and get your answer because you know it may help me shape my opinion. As I certainly respect yours. You talked about Boutte a minute ago. Six catches, 115 yards. He was a captain before the game. Brian Kelly said before the or after the game, rather, like he was a captain because he busted his tail in practice. He was great, and you know it took it out on the field and. On one hand, like I'm hearing that, I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome! You know, it finally clicked." But on the other hand, I'm like, "You wasted half of a season loafing." It's basically what that tells me. Like, okay, now you finally started giving a hoot and finally started buying in and you started getting results. Where the heck has that been? So, what side of the fence do you lean on? Because man, I'm in the middle. Like, okay, it's it's great that it finally happened for him, but why wasn't it happening before? Especially when the coach is openly saying, "Hey, he tried harder this week than he did any other week."
11: Boy, that's a tough one, and I'm not probably going to help you much with this answer, but I can remember when I was uh, teaching high school and we had a player This was probably mid-'90s, and he had all the talent in the world, and he was struggling, and we just couldn't get it. He wasn't a bad kid, wasn't bad at all, but he just wasn't, I don't know, living up to his potential. And, And what we didn't realize is some things that were going on in his home, with his home life. Well, you do have to realize that Kishon Butte is probably, what, 20 years old. He just had a child a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you know, if you're sitting around thinking about taking on the responsibility of being a father in the world and everything else that's going on, I, I guess I'm almost giving him the benefit of the doubt that there are some things that he had to take care of, some things that were, you know, important to him. And if that was important to him that much, Casey, kudos. I think that's awesome. Uh, I don't know the situation good enough. There's actually a couple of players at LSU that I do know in the past who didn't live up to their potential until they got to the pro level, and I don't know if that's his deal. You know, you hit it on the head. You listen every week to Coach Kelly talk about him and what a great guy he is and how he is a team player and stuff, and I guess we just have to understand that that's what he is but boy, when you don't see it, I don't know. I am willing to forget everything you know before this past Saturday, and let's see if he's this guy going forward. And uh, so, as I told you when I started this answer, I'm sure I didn't help you in any way, shape,
8: or <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's okay. Uh, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. They fall thirty to twenty-six against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Dome. I asked Brian this question, and I think that your answer is going to be the same as his. Whenever the Saints punted the football late in the game up twenty six to twenty four, was there any doubt in your mind that Burrow was gonna lead them down the field and score? Like I know most folks expected them to kick a game winning field goal, and not to score in the first play. But was there any doubt at all? Like I didn't have any faith in the Saints to get a stop there. What say you?
11: No, no, I agree 100%, especially since the kick was, what, about four yards? (laughs) That being being said, no. I don't care if it would have been one heck of a punt. I I thought that the Bengals were going to go down and score. You know, the first game of the year when the Saints played Atlanta, I don't think it was a particularly pretty game by the Saints, but what it did do is it gave me a little hope that the Saints had fourth-quarter players. I think especially on the pro level, but at any level, you have to have fourth-quarter players. You have to have those guys, that intangible, that you get it done in the fourth quarter. You shine in the fourth quarter. So after that first game against Atlanta, I was like, maybe, maybe the Saints do have a couple of these guys. This could be good. Well, every single game since then, I have become more and more convinced that the Saints do not have fourth-quarter players, or if they do, they're hurt right now. So that being said, no, I had absolutely no confidence in the Saints making a stop at the end. I didn't think it was going to be that easy, though, Casey. I mean, heck, it was one play. Come on, give me a break. And I don't know if Taron Matthews is getting a little older or whatever. You know, we, we practiced pursuit drills every day when I was in high school. But his pursuit to stop Jamar Chase on that last touchdown was not very good.
0: You know what's discerning is, you know, outside of the Tampa game, the New Orleans defense hasn't been very good. They're 28th in the NFL in scoring defense. Like, and that's not the area that's nearly as beat up as the offense. Yeah, you got Lattimore out, but pretty much everything else is their whole. It's like, what's going on there? Like, I know the defensive line's maybe getting a little older and, they're not getting a whole lot of pressure. Early in the game, they did better. But later in the game, maybe they kind of faded away. And It's surprising. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that New Orleans' defense would be 28th in scoring defense and like 19th in total defense, I would have said there's no way in heck that's going to be the case. What's going on there? You've got a defensive head coach. Why can't those guys perform at a stronger level?
11: Not only that, they haven't really played any yeah offensive team yeah there's nobody out there to like say well yeah it was such and such because there's nobody out there that's you know they play good against tampa bay well you know what tampa bay is not even scoring 16 points a game these yep. days right you know minnesota's not particularly good uh i hate to say it not hate to say it i only say hate because i'm not a fan of the Falcons very much. Heck, the Falcons might have been the best offensive team they played yeah. this year. So, yeah, I, I really don't get it. And sometimes you can think you're pretty good on one or the other side of the ball, but you have to take into consideration what's going on. And that 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 would be my only, if I had anything negative to say about LSU and Florida is is that I walked away from that game going, oh, you know what? I mean, LSU played good, and they did what they had to do. Florida's not very good, in no. my opinion. no. Florida is not very good, so let's just be cautious. Which brings to light that obviously this game with Ole Miss is big because we know Ole Miss is pretty good. But that being said about the Saints, I agree with you 100%. There's something, you know, when they don't get a, a, a nice rush on the pass and on the quarterback, the back end is not holding up, or whenever they do get that, you know, that push up front, for whatever reason, you know, the back end is struggling and. Nothing is in
0: sync for sure. Let's talk a little bit of Pelicans for a second because they're poised, and a lot of folks' expectations to have a a little bit of a leap forward here. They begin tomorrow against the Nets, game one of a long NBA schedule. The Nets are kind of a mess. You know, you got Ben Simmons, maybe Kyrie. Big, great test. Zion Williamson was out with an ankle, but he is telling reporters he's going to play. How excited are you to see New Orleans? Man, I know it's a long season, but it is great to have Zion back, and a lot of folks have high expectations for New Orleans.
11: This is my most uh, exciting time related to NBA basketball because there's a hope. I've often told you that I'm a fan of the NBA because of the Pelicans. I want the Pelicans, obviously, to do well. I think it's good for the city of New Orleans if they are doing well, and I think when you go down that roster and you start comparing, I don't see why it can't be a leap forward for sure. And I think it will be. I hope it is, you know, along the way. By the way, they're playing the Nets to start it off. They need to change that mascot of the Nets. Because if you got Kyrie Irving and you got Ben Simmons, I could think of some better things that, you know, sort of delve in the uh, psychiatry world that you might want to call that team. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I don't know what it would be called, but something mental for sure. (laughs) That being said, I I think we're going to see a pretty good Pelicans team. I think that you know Willie Green sort of became a good coach somewhere during that season last year, and he understands. And I think that's going to carry over. I I am cautiously optimistic that we're going to see a good Pelican season.
0: Before I let you go, man, Major League Baseball. The playoffs are wild. The Dodgers are out. The Braves are out. The Yankees may be out. At the end of the day, we had. Four teams that won 300, 300, listen to me, that won 100 or more games. Three of the four are already eliminated. What do you think of this, man? And look, it's going to sound like sour grapes from me because Atlanta lost and they got eliminated by the Phillies. But I'm also the first person to concede that Atlanta wasn't the best team last season. They just got hot at the right time. I'm torn on this. What do you make of this? Because, yeah, it does make for great TV when you got these upsets and everything. But on the other hand, you play 162 games and then decide your championship by such a small, minuscule, granular sample size, I could see where that would be a little bit unfair. What do
11: you think about that? Yeah, you think about the wild card game. I mean, (laughs) you know, that's just like one. (laughs) uh, And it depends on who's up in your rotation. Pitching is everything. It, It depends on how your rotation is set up, who's hurt, who's not hurt. I agree with you that you don't always get what you saw in the regular season as the best team so i certainly get that but it's the way it's always been i know that's a kind of a cop-out answer and i get that going forward too i i don't know it's it, it, it's a tough ask to go to something else and i'm not yeah. sure what the other you, know, you might go to seven then you're going to get pushed back a little bit further so i'm not sure there's a better way to do it but i agree with you It's sort of like hockey, which I don't know much about, but hockey's so weighted on a goalie having a really good night, right, because he kept the puck out of the goal all night. And you got, you know, other guys on the ice who are really good, and they've been good all year long, but their goalie had a bad night. You know, and that's what kind of pitching related to the rest of your position players are uh, in baseball. I'll say this. Uh, Obviously, I I like the Braves. I am an Astros fan. And I did have my favorites along the way, but if things are going to work out like they are, I'm I'm so glad that the NOLA boys get to play against each other. Yep. And just to add to that, you know, during the Christmas times, uh, or Christmas holidays, I should say, you know, Austin comes into our uh, workout facility uh, with Patrick Labad there. So I'm happy for him that he's going to be possibly playing in a World Series. But we don't want it in NOLA's will for sure. So uh, that's kind of neat. Maybe a little bit different blood in the – if we could only get the Yankees knocked out, you know, uh, different (laughs) blood getting in there. It's sad because if we do get the Yankees knocked out, then you sort of have, hey, teams that have never been there except for the Astros. you got the Astros on my team. I want them to go back. So So there you go. But, no, I agree with you. That's a small sample size for a lot of
3: regular seasons.
0: Sure. And you know what's crazy, and I'll let you go after this one, man. Is is you know the Dodgers? So much was made. You know they had this monster team. They went 110 games, and they're matched up with San Diego, which is a team that, if I'm not mistaken, they were 15 and four against during the season, and it really wasn't even competitive. The Padres blasted them. It's crazy, man. Like of the series, that one would have been the one I was most sure of, and that one might have been the least competitive of them of them all.
11: Well, I have a lot of Dodgers friends and they would have gladly shipped off the manager Roberts for that for that <laughs> series. They were so they really felt like he's probably a really good regular season manager, but he is not a good World Series or leading up to the World Series manager. So uh yeah. Yeah, he's not on a lot of people's uh, or a lot of my friends' favorite list right now, for sure.
0: Very interesting. Well, look, my friend, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon. Okay, man, have a great one.
11: All right, talk to you later, Casey.
0: Yep, that is Stan Gravois doing a great job, as always. Love hearing his perspectives and his thoughts on things happening in the world of sports. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll maybe talk a little Major League Baseball, right? We've got some matchups here. We've got some teams that are still alive. My Braves aren't one of them, but that's okay. Um, Oh, boy, but we got Phillies and Padres. That one would be tough. We got the Yankees and the Guardians. It's going to be painful for me to watch baseball the rest of the season, but we will do it for you all to keep you all abreast and give our thoughts. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
1: The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun,
3: 102.7 FM.
8: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Bents RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at bentsrv.com.
5: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Friend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Doofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
9: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rousers Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rousers shopping app on the app store or get it on google play place your order choose your curbside pickup time and your rouse's markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car it's just that easy rouse's markets feels like home
0: Every single time this song plays, every time, like 100% of the time, I like get up and start shaking a leg. I don't know why. I got like 15, 20 bumper songs. Every single time this one plays, I get fired up. Don't know why, but I love me some Hulk Hogan. It's play-by-play here on KLEB we've got some big major league baseball games here today including one which will decide a team's fate going forward or being eliminated today at 307 in the Bronx we've got the New York Yankees playing game five against the Cleveland Guardians pitching matchup Aaron Savali will be throwing against Nestor Cortez um on paper that pitching matchup favors the Yankees for sure Savali uh, was not great during the season had an ERA near five during the season and an ERA near 6 on the road this season. So on paper, that heavily favors the Yankees, um, but we'll see how it goes. The Yankees kept their season alive in Game 4, winning out in Cleveland. Now they'll be axed to do the same thing today uh, at home. That game was scheduled for yesterday, but rain uh, wreaked havoc on that matchup and got it pushed back 24 hours. Because of that, the Yankees are giving the ball to Cortez instead of Jamison Tyone, who is expected to start Uh, And now also Shane Bieber is going to likely be available for six to nine outs in relief for the guardians. I just can't. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Cleveland's going to win this one. I've watched a lot of baseball. I bet a lot of baseball this season. The Yankees are to me, a much better team than the guardians, a much more complete team than the guardians. I just can't envision the guardians going on the road and beating the Yankees today in this winter take all overcoming a bad pitching matchup, overcoming a bad lineup, a lineup that doesn't have much firepower, and everything in between. I just have a hard time today envisioning a world where the Yankees lose this game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Yankees show up and lay an egg and commit errors, and but I just I don't see it happening. I think the Yankees are going to get by this one. And the assumption is then, okay, well, then they'll play the Astros, and the Astros are going to cream them. I don't see that happening either. I, I don't know, man. I have bet on the Yankees a lot. Anybody who follows me on Patreon knows that I have bet on the Yankees a lot in the second half of the season to a fault because I thought that the way that they started the year was amazing and then they got overvalued because of that. Then they went on a losing streak where they lost like 10 out of 12 and everybody got down on them, right? But I think after that, we started to undervalue these guys. I just think that they've got one last little run left in them. And I think that they're going to get by the Guardians today. And I I don't know if they're going to beat Houston, but I think that they're going to give Houston some hell. Then we go to the other matchup, which is game one of the championship series between the Padres and the Phillies. Um You Darvish and Zach Wheeler heading that matchup up. The Padres and the Phillies to me is are such a it's such an interesting series to handicap. And one that frankly I'm going to steer clear of because it's two teams that have played without rhythm for really most of the year. Every time we thought that either the Phillies or the Padres were going to make a surge, make a little run, make a little push, they both let us down. And would lose 7 of 10 or would, you know, lose, you know, 6 out of 9 or whatever it may be. Both teams played exceptionally well in their divisional round series. The Phillies got by the Braves, it wasn't all that competitive. The Padres got by the Dodgers and made it look pretty easy. They kept the Dodger offense at bay throughout the course of the series. Um, Now it's going to see, okay, you're facing one another. I think one of the big keys to this series is going to be the fact that Philadelphia is going to be more proficient at hitting the home run ball. If the Phillies could generate that big power offense and get the ball out of the park here there once or twice a game, they're going to be sitting pretty. They've got 205 home runs this season compared to 153 for the Padres. And some of it is because of a small park, yeah. But some of it is also because they've just got dudes that hit 500-foot home runs, like Schwarber and Harper and some of those guys. They don't need help with the ballpark to get it out. (laughs) If the Padres could keep that home run split between they and the Phillies close, they've got a great shot. But if the Phillies hit eight home runs to the Padres, two in the first four games, is going to be a blowout. I want to see, can the Phillies' bullpen hold up throughout a seven-game series against the Padres? Because that was the one area where I really felt, going back to the Phillies and Atlanta series, that Atlanta could take advantage of. I thought that Atlanta, if they could have gotten into the bullpen earlier and in closer games, could have taken advantage of the Philly bullpen, much like they did in game two, the game that they won, Get into the pen, kick them around a little bit, make some things happen. Game one was the same. They got into the pen early, scored a bunch of runs, got back into the game after falling behind. So if the Philly bullpen could hold up, it gives them an advantage. If the Padres could keep the ball in the park, it gives them an advantage. And now you got a situation where you got – and we talk about rebuilding, right? We talk about prospects, right, at the trade deadline. Guys trade proven players for prospects. Now you've got a situation where we're heading to game one of the NLCS and you've got Bryce Harper facing Juan Soto in the matchup of two guys that the Nationals were too cheap and too stupid to keep and the Nationals are sitting with 100 plus losses. That's the thing and I I say this every trade deadline. I said it when we were talking about Juan Soto. I thought it was ridiculous that the Nationals would give up, not give up, but would, would not be willing or would be exploring the idea of moving on from a guy in his mid-20s who's so great and has so much more time left on his deal to go get prospects. A bunch of guys who maybe might be something, but a bunch of guys who probably won't ever be as good as Juan Soto is. Now you see it in action. You got an NLCS, Harper versus Soto, while the Nationals are sitting their ass at home with not a whole lot of hope nor inspiration to change their fate anytime soon. So the Astros wait the winner of the Yankees and the Guardians. The Phillies are taking on the Padres, and those are your matchups as we got five teams left in the MLB. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'll tell you how to bet the NBA tonight. I'll tell you how to bet the MLB tonight. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. One more segment to go on 102.7.
3: Mark your calendars for the Schwest Career Fest. Come by to explore opportunities within the Edison-Schwest offshore family of companies on Friday, October 28th at ECO Headquarters 16201 East Main Street in Cutoff for an open house featuring campus tours, door prizes, and delicious food and drinks. Recruiters will be available on-site for interviews and for campus tours between 10 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. Door prizes following each tour. You don't want to miss this event on Friday, October 28th at Edison-Schwest Offshore.
10: I'm American Idol winner Lane Hardy with an important message for young people in my home state of Louisiana. Our electronic devices are an important part of our education and a way for us to stay informed and entertained. But using this technology also means being responsible with it. The Louisiana Cybersecurity Commission offers this advice. Limit the amount of information you share online and share it with trusted websites. When y'all get online, treat everyone with respect and help in preventing cyberbullying. Use different passwords for different accounts, use a password combination that has varying characters, don't browse the internet, or read your email while logged onto your computer as an admin user. Try to keep all your software up to date. If you're a victim of cyber attack or cyber crime, call the Louisiana Fusion Center at 1-800-434-8007. For more online safety information, go to getagameplan.org
11: ladies don't be the one in eight diagnosed with breast cancer Thibodeau Regional Cancer Institute reminds you to reduce your risk of breast cancer with a regular mammogram starting at age 40. If you've delayed your health care due to COVID-19, don't let something routine like a mammogram become something serious like breast cancer. Questions? Contact Thibodeau Regional Cancer Institute at 985-493-4008. Thibodeau Regional, the region's leader in breast cancer care.
1: Always on the run and short on cash. With a State Bank & Trust Company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any State Bank & Trust location for all the details. State Bank & Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Take it,
11: take it by force.
1: Let's go. Yeah.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. One segment to go. I want to thank uh, Stan grabwa for his time today. Did a great job as always. And uh, Coach Butch, if you're listening, we'll get you around the corner. We'll make sure that we could uh, make up, get a rain check. We were scheduled to have him on early, but he had some Plans change and he ended up having to shuffle his day around a little bit. <laughs> Let's thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs, because power our middle name. friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting <laughs> South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Thank all those fine folks for allowing us to be here every single day, Monday through Friday, here on play-by-play. Here's how I'm betting today on the NBA. I'm going over four and a half points for P.J. Tucker today in the matchup between the 76ers and the Celtics. I've seen P.J. Tucker play with James Harden before. The chemistry fits like a glove. Tucker's going to stay nestled in that corner Harden's going to find him when he's open. He's going to find him, and he's going to make a couple of them, and he's going to get to, you know, five, six, seven, nine, ten points, something like that. I like Tucker to comfortably go over four and a half, because even if he's not making the corner three, he's going to go and get an offensive rebound and a putback. That's just the type of player that PJ Tucker is. He's a glue guy, and I like him to go over that number today. I also, today in the NBA, I like, uh, where are we going here? I like the. Over two twenty-five for the Warriors and the Lakers. I think that that one's a comfortable over. Then I also like uh, Anthony Davis today to go under twenty-four and a half. I just I think they're going to limit him early in the season. I think the minutes are going to be limited. I think Draymond Green's going to do a good job defending him. I think twenty-five for Davis is a lot, so I'm going to go under today in that one for for Anthony Davis. Major League Baseball, I don't see any world where the Yankees lose. I'm going money line, minus 180. If you want to get frisky, you could go run line or spread line where they win, minus 1.5. I think that's pushing it, but I think the Yankees get the win. I like over 3.5 strikeouts for Nesta Cortez. And then the other matchup, the Padres and the Phillies, I like under 7 runs. I think Darvish and Wheeler are both going to shove today, and we're going to see a low-scoring, hard-fought, very competitive game. Well, that's it for me today, y'all. We've had a great show. I thank everybody for listening. We thank Stan so much for the time. Tomorrow, we've got a loaded, jam-packed show. We'll be talking with B.J. Young, breaking down his team's game plan as they're going to be preparing to take on St. Louis out in southwestern Louisiana. We're going to have Taylor Griffin. Who knows what the rabbit hole turtle and I are going to get into. We always talk about whatever is on our minds and find some of the most random stuff possible that we could chat with, uh, with the turtle. And we've also got a bunch of mailbag questions. I've already got a bunch of mailbag questions, and we look forward to seeing if we get any more in the next 24 hours that we could bring to you all here on the show. So uh, that'll do it for me. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Looking out my window, it is a glorious and beautiful day in Southeast Louisiana. That wind is whipping. It feels very comfortable out. Take advantage of it. Go for a walk. Maybe go hit a couple of golf balls. I may doing both. Maybe doing both of those things later today. Uh, See you around. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. May God bless you and your families. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Adios.
1: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.